Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Happy July 1st to you, dude. Happy free agent day, dude. And believe it or not, we're so used to this being like a graveyard for the Sharks. And Doug Wilson, in the second straight year, has struck again, dude. He's struck again. He struck again, dude. It's like, you know, it's like midsummer hockey Christmas to see all the players move in. We have so much to talk about. The draft happened last week. And we have... The beginning of free agency today, we had some huge monster, maybe two of the biggest trades in the NHL in the past five years in yesterday, right? And and right. we have all of this free agent movement. Wow. This is going to be a long podcast, I have a feeling. Dude, we live for these podcasts. These are our favorite podcasts. We may enjoy them more than going to the Stanley Cup. I might take that back. No, not exactly, but close. It's close. <laughs> so let's start with the draft. All right. We, <laughs> we done with the draft? <laughs> we drafted some people. We drafted some guys. I'm sure they're good guys. Okay. Yeah, a lo- lot of centers. All right, great. <laughs> a lot of centers. Well, the, when was the Sharks' first pick? Third round? Oh, was it? Yeah, it was in the second round. Oh, second and round. And it was... Uh, I can't remember. I think it was in the... It was in the 50s, I think. I can't remember. I mean, the kid that they drafted first in the second is a center, a college kid out of University of Denver, uh, Dylan Gambrel. And, you know, the reports on him seem to be fairly mixed. Uh, he was had a great year last year at University of Denver, playing apparently with two really good line mates. The, the pick that everyone seemed to be excited about was us getting this kid, Noah Gregor, from Moose Jaw and Team Canada in the fourth round, apparently um, a, a huge steal for the Sharks. Projected to be a second-round pick, fell all the way to the fourth because he's not very big. So maybe the Sharks got a steal in the fourth round with a second-round talent. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, re- I was going to say, is that the guy who was really small? There was one guy we drafted who was like 5'7", buck sixty-five or something. I can't remember. Right. I mean, he, he's not very big, but uh, there's some uh, players that aren't very big that are pretty successful in this league, and one of them is Patrick Kane. That's right. Didn't Nathan Gerby just sign somewhere, too? No, nah, he's not Nathan Gerby small. Oh, yeah. Nathan Gerby's pretty small, and he's still in the yeah. league. That's true. That's true. All right. On to the fireworks, dude. On to dude. the fireworks. We're going to talk about the uh, two big trades, or we're going to talk about UFA Day? Oh, let's talk about the trades first, because... Uh, those were kind of mind-blowing, and I think you have to to lump in there the Stamkos re-signing, which just uh, was probably the catalyst for a lot of these moves, because I think a lot of people were waiting to see what was going to happen here and how the dominoes were going to fall. So Stamkos stays in Tampa. Uh, I don't know. Are you surprised by that or, or not surprised? I am surprised because Tampa had a whole year to do this, and they wait till almost the final hour. I'm surprised. I would have thought at this point, Stamkos would have made the decision that, yes, I want to test the free market, or no, I don't want to test the free market. And if the answer was no, 
I would have expected the deal to have happened a long time ago, you know? Right. Maybe not during the season, but certainly, I mean, there's been, it's been weeks since the season's been over, you know, weeks since Tampa Bay's been out of the playoffs. And, and I would have expected, it, it seemed like all the rumors pointed to the fact that he was going to test the market. Obviously, Toronto was going to make a big play because he's from the area. You see some, some D bag in Toronto with a Stamkos jersey, a Leaf Stamkos jersey, wah wah, <laughs> you know this kind of thing. And and now he resigns in the final day. Uh, it's just a, it's it's strange to me. I, w- I I would love to know what all the backstory was. Of course, we'll never know. But what changed his mind? Because by all all signs point to the fact that he wanted to see what else was out there. Well, I mean, he he apparently did get a chance to to talk to a few teams, uh, and maybe he didn't like what he heard. I mean, maybe he realized going to Toronto was not going to be a situation that he wanted to wait for. And when he took a look at the pastures, saw they weren't as green as he had thought. I mean, his options seemed to be Buffalo, Detroit, Vancouver, Toronto. Yep. None of those teams are in position right now. And the Sharks, dude. And and well, according to Elliot Friedman, <laughs> I don't believe uh, it. I just don't th- that, believe it. That he speculated that the mystery team that got a meeting with Stamkos might have been San Jose. I just I I find that to be interesting, dude. I don't discount it fully, just because um, we know that Doug Wilson had Shea Weber out here during his RFA yep. parade, um, and that he's been in on some of these big fish and it's just never been able to close the deal so i don't know i'm not shocked if if that is true just because i think the sharks joe thornton and patrick marlowe are near the end of their run here so you can keep the good times rolling Mm -hmm. with damn ghosts in their place so uh i think it actually kind of makes sense that maybe they did get an audience vote could this be a kevin durant uh, parallel, dude. If I'm going to go basketball here, I mean, Sharks no. obviously Stanley Cup finalists. No, the good team. I don't. I don't uh, no. The best free agent is he going to talk to a great Warriors, team? The Warriors are flat out. They're a dynasty. The Warriors are a dynasty, a young dynasty. They've I won know. one. They You're won one championship. They lost, dude. They, they set the record in the NBA for wins in the regular season. Um, yeah, they did lose in the NBA Finals, uh, and. You know, I I will play Cleveland again next year in the finals, and the Warriors will win, and I have no problem with that. They're they're set up for long term success. The Sharks, you can look at their roster now and feel better about it. You know, Hurdles resigned to a nice bridge contract. Chris Tierney, they've got some good pieces on D, especially if they can resign Brent Burns. But it's not like looking at the Warriors where you have maybe three of the top twenty players in the NBA. Yeah. All on one team already. No, right. not the same. Okay, not the same. Bad, bad analogy. Bad analogy. But bad analogy. Bad podcaster. Shame on you. Shame on you. <laughs> what do I know about basketball? Well, what, and apparently, what does Peter Chiarelli know about making a trade? <laughs> what does Peter Chiarelli know about hockey? I, it's just because what? he has made a few head scratchers in the last 48, 72 hours, dude. And it started with dealing Taylor Hall to the New Jersey Devils. For Adam Larson, straight up, dude, straight up, New Jersey Devils laughing, Ray Shiro laughing. He cannot believe that he pulled this off. Oilers fans must be beside themselves, dude. 
mean, what do you make of this trade? I mean, can you defend it in any way from the Edmonton perspective? Uh, the only way I could defend it is if somehow peyote grows near Edmonton because this <laughs> makes no sense at all. Everyone knows Edmonton needed a D. The only thing I can possibly think of is if there was some sort of implicit or explicit collusion between the other 29 GMs saying, don't offer Chiarelli anything because he obviously wants D, don't offer him anything. And they offer Adam Larson, who is a good young defenseman. He is not, I mean, he's not nobody. He's not a schlub. But Taylor Hall right now, I, I think someone put up a stat and you can always find a stat to support your candidate. But Taylor Hall is like, the third best points per game in the last four years or something behind only, you know, Crosby and Stamkos or something. I mean, Taylor Hall is a flat-out first-line player on any team in the league, and they they trade him for a guy who had 18 points, three goals last year as a defenseman. I just don't see it. I just don't understand how you can make that deal when, for instance, the Sharks could have offered Justin Braun, who scored more last year than Adam Larson, you know, on a better team, you know, it, that's a, that's a great a, parallel, dude, drawing I a mean, tougher defensive assignment that Adam Larson most likely. It, it, that's exactly what you could compare it to. It's like, as if the sharks traded Justin Braun, who we like, he's a good player. He's an important player to the shark success. He's the number three defenseman on this team. Um, and you could even have an argument about whether he's the number four. If you want to say Paul Martin's more valuable than him, I would put Braun ahead of Paul Martin, but even so, a number three, a second pairing defenseman for a number one top line winger. Yeah, that's well, crazy. Turn, he's immediately the best player the Devils have, and it's it, just it it makes it makes no sense. Like there was no other D available, and we know because of this other huge trade that there were two defensemen available. Right, right. We know, we know for a fact that both PK Subban and Shea Weber were both available because they were both traded. So, I mean, the only thing that makes sense to me is that those two teams didn't want to move those defensemen unless they got a defenseman in return that they considered to be of equal footing. You know, Montreal didn't want to trade Subban for, you know, Hall and you know, uh, Andrew Sakara, right? I right. mean, that wasn't what they wanted. You know, they wanted a number one defenseman in return, and that was the only way they were going to make that deal. And they were able to find a, a partner that it was just so surprising. That one was more shocking than the other trade, just in terms of, I just would never imagine P.K. Subin in Nashville. That's not a a scenario that I ever thought you know, when I thought of him being on another team, I wouldn't have pictured him there. And I think instantly the Predators are better. They're a better team. I know they lost their captain, their heart and soul, but P.K. Subban is younger, he's more dynamic, and the Sharks exposed Jay Weber as being a little rusty uh, down the stretch. Right. I mean, Shea Weber's a great player. Yeah. <laughs> he's a great, great player. One of the but best. he's headed 10- down the hill. One of the best 10 defensemen in the NHL. P.K. Subban is one of the best three defensemen in the NHL. And I don't understand why you would make that trade. I just, you know, Subban is younger. The only thing I can think of is if Montreal, the, the only two explanations, neither of which I find compelling, are one, Montreal wanted to offload some cap space, which they did by getting rid of of, uh, of Subban. And also, 
because of the way Weber's deal is structured, they're actually going to pay fewer dollars to Weber over the course of the deal because it was front-loaded and their first few years of the contract are over. Okay, that's fine. The other reason is that there was some sort of locker room issue or personality issue with Subin. And if I was the GM, I would basically ship everybody else in order to solve that problem. I would not ship 100%, him. 100%, dude. 100%. He's the best player on that team besides Carey Price. Now, unless Carey Price went to ownership and said, I do not want to play with him anymore, I might tell Carey Price and his uh, injury-riddled body to go somewhere else. Right. I mean, you know, it, it's a very tough decision and a thing that I don't think it's going to show up in negative transformation on the ice for the Canadians maybe in the next year or two. But it's going to have a long-term negative effect, I think, in three years when Subin is still performing at an elite level and Weber's contract starts to look not so good. I mean, the way Weber plays, so physical, um, I don't think he can, can hold up through the life of that contract I think Nashville just got way scarier, way scarier. They got way better, and Montreal got way worse. I guess the only thing I can think of is is Michelle Therrien somehow has a lot more juice in Montreal than he probably should. <laughs> really? Well, because I mean, yeah, there's there's I'm, reportedly been some problems between those two, and you know there was this thing where P- Carey Price and Subban would you know high five each other after wins a certain way, and like. Tarion put the kibosh on that and like you know this is a team game we don't want any individual whatever it's like Subban is an outgoing like you know friendly sort of cocky kind of player I mean there's these kinds of players in professional sports and he can back it up he's one of the best defensemen he's a Norris guy he's a Norris guy every year I don't I really don't get it it's a win for Nashville there's no question I don't like it because the better player ended up in our division on a team that gave us a real run for the money in the playoffs. Right. So uh, teams in the central should not be happy right now. Nashville's gotten better. And, uh, you know, David Poyle makes another really great move. Uh, hats off to him for sure, dude. Shall we get into the free agency, dude? Yeah, all, all that stuff we just talked about happened before July 1st. Usually the Can fireworks happens on Can July 1st. Can you believe 1st. it? It's been an exciting day. There's been a lot of contracts handed out, a lot of really horrible contracts handed out. Yes. But let's start with the Sharks, dude, who have signed, you know, They in minor news, they re-signed Michael Haley, which, you know, I'm not that surprised about that. They keep Aaron Dell because they lost James Reimer, mm-hmm. who signed a five-year, $17 million contract with the Panthers, dude. Three and a half million dollars a year. Yep. Just sit behind Roberto Luongo. How how long is Lu- Luongo's contract? I don't even know. Long, right? Yeah, I mean, like that's like that's like a huge insurance policy for Luongo. I'm very glad the Sharks did not do that. That they did not offer that type of term. I mean, five years right. for James Reimer, who was. Very good. Probably played his best hockey in his career down the stretch with the Sharks. And that just made – he is rich man now. Yep. Rich man for He's a backup rich. goalie. And he has good a chance at being a starter, you know. And and at least the way the Sharks are structured right now, that's not in doubt, right? It's it's Martin Jones's deal. And I'm sure James Reimer wanted to be in a place where he would either be able to immediately – 
contend for the starting job or you know possibly have it in a year or two and that's just not going to happen with the sharks unless martin jones really uh falters badly so i think reimer you know he sees the money he sees the term when he could you know i don't have any bad feelings about it he no played, he played no, great good last on year him. good for him good on him i i think the thing that's unfortunate is that you know in all of this the sharks have been left with a question mark behind Martin Jones. But let's not focus on the negative right now. Let's focus on the positive. And I think there's a huge positive that happened about an hour ago. The Sharks signed speedy winger, former Coyote, and Colorado Avalanche player Mikel Bodker to a four-year, $16 million deal. We're a guy who had 50 points, 50-plus points last year, a guy who always hovered around the 50-point mark, whose his speed is one of his most dangerous weapons. We saw how the Sharks really were struggling to keep up with the Penguins with their speed. Bodker, dude, a, a clear top six forward. That's a great deal for a young player of his potential. Yep. Uh, yeah, Bodker's, he's only 26. You're right. He's had, he's never actually cracked the 20 goal mark, um, but he is, has been a very consistent player and he's played only on sort of not very good teams, right? He played with Phoenix you know, for a lot of years, and then he played, or yeah, Arizona, and then he played with Colorado, which w- was terrible uh, last year. But so it'd be interesting to see how he fits on a team with a lot more offensive weapons, because he might seize some really good opportunities that most teams are going to be focusing on Joe Thornton and Joe Pavelski, and Bogker may get some some good looks uh, to break out a little bit, and and that speed is exactly what the Sharks are looking for. And of course, there's a Peter DeBoer connection, right? He was coached by Peter DeBoer and Kitchener. And so Peter DeBoer personally vouched for him, obviously had wonderful things to say about him immediately after the signing. How could you not be excited about this? I mean, this is, you know, when you when you talk about, you know, it seems like, you know, as a backdrop to this, the Sharks didn't try and keep any of their free agents, unrestricted free agents, including Polak and Spalling and, and some other guys. And so... They could use another forward, and he's the one. He's the yeah, one. Not a, not a bad pickup. No, it, it's a great pickup, and honestly, I, I didn't expect them to be in on a player of this level, and I didn't think that given the money that I saw handed out today to some other players that we would be able to get a player like this for $4 million. Like Apparently, according to Darren Dreger and some others, that Bodker left some money on the table to come play with the Sharks because he wants to win. And I think Drager even tweeted out something. This is a testament to the character of Mikel Bodker. He put winning over some cash. So uh, good on him. And I expect him to to jump right in and, and, and play a pretty important role on this team. It, it makes me question what the future holds for some of the other Sharks that remain unsigned. You know, Matt Nieto currently unsigned. And what does this mean for the future of Patrick Marlowe for this year, dude? Um, Maybe nothing, but I think it spells out uh, what we all probably already knew. Patrick Marlowe's probably not coming back after this year. Uh, Yeah, you mean like as in he won't be here in the fall, or you mean he won't be here next year? Well, I think he will be here in the fall, dude, uh, because I don't... Patrick Marlowe had said that there were three teams he was willing to play for. I don't think the Rangers are headed in that direction right now. Right. Uh, I don't think the LA Kings, the LA Kings couldn't even retain Milan Lucic, so they're going to give Marlowe that same money. 
I don't think so. No. And uh, the Ducks and Patrick Marlowe with their new coach, Randy Carlisle, that's like a match made in hell. So <laughs> it's true. Uh, no, I think he's coming back. I think, you know, um, unless he just continues to insist on he wants out, I think he will be back next year, dude. And I think the Sharks are finding a way to fit, you know, Bodker and their new number six defenseman, David Schlemko, yep. uh, into their cap room, you know, giving Schlemko uh, a, a very reasonable deal for a guy who has a lot of NHL experience. And, you know, certainly his profile is that he's more mobile than a uh, Roman Polak and probably a better partner for... Brendan Dillon, instead of having two Frankensteins back there, right? you've got somebody who has the ability to play uh, and bring the puck up ice, which is not a strength of Brendan Dillon. Right, and and some of the advanced hockey stats guys, uh, I think um, Rob Volman, for instance, said some nice things about David Schlemko. I think he has some pretty good, uh, some pretty good numbers. You know, obviously it's hard to measure him when he's on a pretty bad devils team last year. But, um, I'm just looking at a, at a specific, uh, post w- where a devil's blogger is saying the devils would be s- smart to resign David Schlemko. Obviously that didn't happen. So yeah, I, I'm not, I think both of these signings are pretty good and, and we didn't get him for, for that much money. I, I know, uh, you know, as in terms of a comp for Bodker, if we go back to Bodker, a comp might be Darren Helm, uh, who re-signed with the Wings. And I know, you know, looking at Twitter today, I, I know some Sharks fans were maybe interested in Darren Helm, and he was maybe the first to go off the board this morning. Right. Uh, he got five years yeah. from the Wings for a lower cap hit than Bodker got. Uh, would, you, would you rather have Bodker or Helm here? Uh, gosh, I, I think the the advantage to Bodker is he's a winger, and I think that there's more of a need there when you look at uh, you know, Couture, Pavelski, and the emergence of Chris Tierney probably uh, places less of an emphasis on having a player like Darren Helm, who apparently wants a larger role, wants to continue to play center. I don't think the Sharks really had that necessarily to offer. I think Helm's probably a better player. Um, I've just, I've, I feel like I've seen more of Darren Helm in big games. Uh, but I like the fit with Bodker because he's a winger. You know, and I think right. that the Sharks, that's, that was a need, a, a definite need. That's a great comp. Uh, the money is essentially identical. Um, you know, Bodker has a slightly higher cap hit, but Helm got uh, an extra year, and Helm is uh, three years older. So that that's a really good comp, dude. Uh, both players I, I would have been interested in, and I think both of them a good deal. Those are both good value signings uh, for both of these teams. I, I like that signing for Detroit, um, retaining that player, and, and hopefully giving, I mean, well, hopefully, I hope Detroit sucks an egg. But uh, for Darren Helm's sake, uh, that, that his role grows, because I, I think that he is he's a pretty valuable player, dude. Right. Although he doesn't actually have the stats that Bacher has, which surprises me a little bit. Maybe because Bacher was sort of stuck on these bad teams, and, and Helm has been on a good Detroit yeah, team his whole career. I, you know, Helm is sort of more in my consciousness than Bacher was. But if you look at Helm's stats, he's certainly in sort of the, the his best year was a thirty three point year, and as you said, you know Bacher had a fifty point year last year. So, you know, at least if you're going by pure stats, um, it looks like Bacher might be a, a slightly higher score. But 
but Helm obviously is a centerman and he's got a different skill set than Bodker. So, but you're right. We we don't need another center at this point. <laughs> we we got enough. Certainly, you know, there's there's more talk about Tomas Hurdle who was re-signed. Maybe we should talk about that. Um, you know, Tomas Hurdle moving to center. I know that seemed to have been tried a couple of times, um, and yet he's he's stuck on the wing. You know, obviously on the top line. So that's that's the thing about Hurdle. Maybe he'll become a third line center. I don't know. I sort of have a no. feeling that, that that experiment has sort of run its course. Yeah, dude. I, I This is how I kind of look at the, the Sharks roster for next year and also, I think, for the next three years, dude. I think Joe Thornton has proven that he is playing at an elite level still um, and that I think he will be – I think Joe Thornton's going to be on this team for another three years. I mean, I think he's going to be around, dude. Right. And, you know, as Joe gets older, maybe he moves down a line or two. But uh, Tierney, and as Tierney maybe continues to ascend, maybe he moves up a line and Couture becomes the number one center or Joe Pavelski moves back to center. I think the Sharks have enough pieces there to play with at the center position where they, don't, they didn't need to, to overpay or panic to, to get a center, um, which is what makes Bodker, with, with the other young players on this team, such a great fit. It is really such a great fit. Uh, kudos to Doug Wilson. I mean, really, after having a couple real crap sandwich years uh, in the off season. Uh, he appears to have struck again here with two really good signings that don't break the bank. If you look at Schlemko's four year, $8.4 million deal, when he's getting less term, I mean, he's, he got two more, one more year than Ben Lovejoy, but he's making less money than Ben Lovejoy. And I, I mean, I know Ben Lovejoy had a nice Stanley cup finals, but I, I wouldn't want Ben Lovejoy for almost $3 million a year. I mean that's David Schlemko's making two point one. Right. Right. So uh no thanks. I mean, like I, I think that he did a nice job here of getting a guy in Schlemko who one, I think will be a good contributor next year, and two, you know, you could when you lose a veteran defenseman in the expansion draft, which you're gonna, you're yep. probably gonna lose Paul Martin. Or maybe you're going to expose David Schlemko. Or Justin Braun. I don't think you'd expose Justin Braun, unless you wanted to get out from under the deal. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, Schlemko might be the guy that you go, well, we just got him on a great deal. He played well. He's 30. Let's expose him. You know what I mean? And, right. and see if they take him. And then you're out from under that money. So I think the Sharks, it's a good move for so many reasons, dude. And that's a good point, that I think some of these signings, you can sort of see that some of these teams seem to be shoring up certain positions because I'm sure they're thinking about which guys are we going to protect next year when the Las Vegas franchise has an expansion draft and can take some of these guys. You know, there's going to be good players available. Certainly, you know, I've in some of the, I can't believe, you know, they're already doing mock expansion drafts, but at least in one version, I saw Chris Tierney on the Las Vegas club, which no. scares the hell out of me. No, there's no way. I mean, the, the the Sharks would never expose a young player like that, you know? There's going to be some good players exposed because the Sharks are required to protect all the players with no movement, which could include some good players. Well, I mean, and, and that could mean that, you know, they decide to not retain or... You know, I think that, you know, we've, had, we've seen some wink-wink deals here in the past. I mean, when's the expansion draft? Next year, this time. I know what. When is it? Before no. the draft. It's a good After question. I don't know. Agency? I don't know. It's got to be before free agency, right? 
Oh, oh yeah, I would think so. So Joe Thornton's a free agent, right? Yeah. So he's not going to sign Jack until after that draft. Yeah, that's true. You mean the, sh- the Sharks you, say, hey, like, we'll I mean, come and get there's you? There's going to be some stuff like that. Like, yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, you're the right. Sharks, if they're going to keep, you know, Joe Thornton, you know, I don't know if they'd play that same game with Brent Burns. They might. Wow. You know, hey, Brent, you we're know, playing with fire. we're going to give we're going to give you this. Um, but we need you to wait. That's dangerous. But but it could happen. And you might not see the Sharks be the only team that does it now. I'm sort of talking out of one side right now because I do not know when that draft happens. But people find a way around this kind of stuff. Dude, Chris Tierney is not leaving. That is, There's no way. Yeah, I know. I know. No, but it's just, you know, no. there's the Sharks, you know, it's it seems like it's crazy for this to be a downside, but the Sharks have a lot of good players right now. <laughs> they have That's a good. lot of good I mean, players. That, that's definitely good, dude. Um, of the Sharks free agents that are on the market, the only one that has signed is James Reimer. Mm-hmm. All the rest are out rotting on the market only after one day, but uh, no movement on Polak, Spalling, Dinah Zubris. Not that I really expected that those guys would become, you know, the bells of the ball, but it's interesting that some of these other players are, are going off the board and, and the three players, the Sharks decided to not resign are sitting there and, and may have to take a, uh, lower deals, value deals uh, from some teams. Let's look around the league, dude, and tell me. I'm going to go down the list here. Wait, dude, I have, a question. Want... I have a question for you before we start. Yes. And, yeah. and that is, you know, there's a lot of guys who moved around today. You know, and, and we'll certainly talk in a moment about some of these terrible contracts that were handed out. My question to you is, is of all these players that moved, who would you want at the amount that they got on the free agent for the sharks because i there's one maybe two names that i i really wouldn't mind having on the sharks for the amount of money in the term that they got i was wondering if maybe we might uh have some overlap or if you maybe you'll you'll pick a diamond in the rough that i didn't see here um well i i would say darren helm yeah i i would have been just fine with that contract this is sort of cheating, dude, uh, but I would say Brian Campbell. I mean, like, that's a freaking steal. Yeah, but, but he, he, he took a huge discount. He wasn't going to give that deal to anybody else. Yeah. I mean, that that was uh, uh, a special deal for going back uh, to the Blackhawks. Um, you know, we talked about this player a little bit earlier. I think at the term and the money, Jason Chimera. Yeah would have been a guy that if it had been, you know, if all it was going to take was two years and 4.5 for a guy at 37 who's still performing at a pretty high level, I think that's a minimal risk. Um, I don't think you have any risk of that player needing to be buried in the minors next year at age 39. I think he would have been just fine. Uh, I like like that contract for the Islanders. I think that's a good deal. Uh, Is there anybody else out of those, or are we right together? I th- I definitely Jason Chimera is the one that pops out at me. You know, him and Joel Ward have a history. They were really good friends on the Capitals. I was sort of hoping that Joel Ward might put in a good good word for Jason Chimera. I think he's certainly a third, fourth line guy that is just automatic. A, a, a guy you can really trust. He's Nick's balling, but much better. You know, a guy you can put out in the last two minutes of a tie game and not feel bad about it at all. Um, you know, every team can use a player like that. I think the Islanders were very smart to get him. And I would I would have 
gladly pay four and a half million dollars for two years of Jason Chimera. He's a he's a gamer. He never gives up. He's a perfect locker room guy. He's got a history with sharks already. He's the one of all these guys I would take. Um, the other is I you know I haven't watched him that much, but I I certainly loved Fetter Tutin when he was a really good player. And for one year at two million dollars, and the fact that we lost, you know, defense and our third pairing defense doesn't seem to be that great. Um, you know, I could see Fetter Tutin sort of to a lesser extent than Chimera. It certainly seems like Peter DeBoer wants to give Dylan DeMello a chance here. And so for that reason, I can see why you wouldn't make a move on a guy like Tutin, who's near the end of his career. Um, and, and Schlemko maybe makes a little bit more sense because he's a little bit younger. But I, I definitely like Fetter Tutin as a player. One guy that... Uh, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I say, I, I think the Schlemko signing says to me, unless there's a trade coming, that they're, Dylan DeMello, I don't think he's going to be playing in the NHL next year. I think he's going to be playing 70 games... 60 games for for the Barracuda. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see an additional veteran brought in here uh, to be that seventh person at a bargain price. I'm, I don't want to see DeMello just travel around with the team and play 15 games. You know, I want him to play as much as possible. And the signing of Schlemko says to me that they don't think DeMello's ready. Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe they're looking to move Brendan Dillon, who a lot of people uh, cast a lot of shade at during the playoffs. Oh, maybe. I mean, and, and you know, he it's possible. I mean, I, I think that they like his size and his toughness. Uh, but, you know, going against Pittsburgh's D and seeing that their mobility won the day um, in the end, you know, maybe they're, you know, Doug Wilson has loved to play uh, copycat in the past, so he... He identifies things that work and and goes out there and tries to uh, emulate them at times, dude. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the sharks are right up against the cap now. You got to figure somebody's going to go. I mean, the names that we've heard thrown out are Tommy Wingles. I've heard Brendan Dillon. You know, uh, someone. I mean, maybe it is Patrick Marlowe. Uh, someone probably will not be back. Um, I'm not sure how much value Tommy Wingles has around the league at this point. I don't want to lose Tommy Wingles, actually. I mean, I, I like what he brings to the table. Um, I, I think he had a, kind of a down year, but we shouldn't give up on Tommy Wingles, do you think? No, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to cut him loose, that's for sure. I mean, the, the, the things that we don't know are, are the Sharks going to put Timo Meyer on the team next year? Yeah, you know, that's, that's uh, a big if. Where... where does Barkley Goudreau fit in? I mean, is he going to play on that fourth line? You know, and I think, what's the plans for Matt Nieto? I mean, is Matt Nieto a part of this team, or is he a, a chip right now to try and turn into, um, you try and get a backup goalie, you know, uh, for him, or you you turn around and, and trade him for another piece, you know, or are they going to re-sign him? I don't think he would be getting... Uh, a ton of money. I mean, I, I did a little projection here. Dude, I had made these notes in case we recorded before they re-signed. I, I basically got the curl contract exactly right, dude. Nice. I know there's no proof of that, but I had said two years and $5.8 I believe it was two and six. So this was my prediction for Nieto, um, that he would get a two and four. Yeah. Um, so 
Uh, we'll see. And then De- DeMello, I, I thought he would get a 3 and 3.75, which is exactly what Justin Braun got on his second deal. Right. So um, it'll be interesting to see how close I am to those numbers if those players are resigned, which I expect they will. Right. Well, dude, dude looking... let's go down the list. Yeah, let's go down the list. Let's look around the league, dude. Um, you know, the most shocking player change. Most shocking team defection was... The most, the most shocking player to actually leave or the most shocking, like, just signing? The most shocking that you can't believe that this player is on another team. Oh, on another team? Like, that they, they switch teams. Well, they're sort of... I'm I'm a little surprised that Franz Nielsen left the Islanders. I thought uh, it's another good signing by the Red Wings. If I was in the Red Wings division, I would not be happy. That you know that Franz Nielsen is a good, is a really good player and and was sort of buried on the island, and a lot of people didn't know how good he is. Uh, certainly, but I think in terms of surprising, I think the David Backus signing in Boston might be the most surprising. It's weird that he went to free agency, and yet I read this morning that the Blues tried to keep him this morning. So. Maybe he just really wanted a long-term deal. He got five years from Boston at $6 million a year. I really like David Backus as a player. You know, I think Boston got better. I read on Puck Daddy that Backus felt like he never got a real offer from St. Louis, um, that they never agreed on term, they never agreed on money, and that he felt like they were essentially telling him, go away. Right. Which okay. is, you know, you think about... St. Louis bringing Hitchcock back for one more kick at the can, but then they they let Bacchus go, they let Troy Brower go, and they traded Brian Elliott. I mean, they got worse. I mean, they're worse. Right. They didn't do anything today that I I have seen. But they signed David Perron. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, like, who cares? Like, I mean, yeah, like, that's yeah. a who cares. I... St. Louis, you know, from being – on the doorstep of the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, I think Nashville's past them. Yep, I think you're right, and and it's funny to see, you know, David Backus get five years and six million from Boston, and then Milan Lucic gets seven years and six million from Edmonton. I take David Backus every day and twice on Sunday over Milan Lucic, and Lucic gets more more term, and the rumor is that LA offered him eight years. I don't. I don't get. Maybe I'm. I'm missing something on Milan Lucic. When he was at his peak in Boston, the guy was an absolute wrecking ball. I get that, but he had a he had a good year last year. I think he is going to be a disaster for the Oilers, and I just don't understand like what exactly Peter Chiarelli is doing. This is another sort of bad move, in my opinion. I don't know why you want to give him Taylor Hall money. You're going to replace Taylor Hall with Milan Lucic? You crazy? That makes no sense. If, and if you want a character guy, you should have gotten David Backus. But Milan Lucic isn't a character guy. That's a turd. That's I mean, what I'm saying. He's not a character he's, guy. He's not. I mean, you you didn't fix your dressing room. You made it worse. And you downgraded yourself at the forward spot. You got a different type of, of player. You know, actually, Pierre Lebrun just tweeted the Kings offered Lucic 8 and 34. And he got seven and forty-two. Right. So you know, I mean, there's that's a pretty big gap. Yeah. In money, you know, it was more term, but a pretty big gap in money. So I could see why he didn't stay in L.A. But to go to Edmonton, 
My goodness. I mean, uh, I don't like it for Lucic, and I don't like it for the Oilers. And, you know, a team that I expected to kind of be on the rise there, <laughs> Edmonton, I thought Chiarelli and McClellan would help. They're, I think they're digging themselves a bigger hole, dude. They're certainly not obviously going up, which they really should be with all that talent that they have. And the fact that they traded Taylor Hall and really didn't get that much better is surprising to me. Troy Brower goes to the Calgary Flames. Dude, this was a player that I would have liked, but not at this money. $4.5 million. You know, that's a good that's too much. million and a quarter higher than what Joel Ward got last year um, and another year than Joel Ward got. And I think Joel Ward is the better player than Troy Brower, although Troy Brower is younger than Joel Ward. Um, I would have liked to have Brower, but not for that term. Yeah, I, I'm not as big on Brower as you are. He he had some good he had a couple good games obviously, uh, you know against the Sharks but, you know he's really sort of popped around a lot he's 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 not, you know Joel Ward when he signs places he signs places for a while, you know teams really like him and Troy Brower I mean this is his first sort of long term deal in a little in a little while I, I I'm not as I'm not as high on Brower as you are I, I I think you know I understand what Calgary's trying to do here. And I'm not saying he's a bad guy or a bad player. He's, I think he's he's a good locker room guy and a good player. And I guess if you've got a lot of money to throw around, it kind of makes sense. But you're right. I'd definitely take Joel Ward. I'd rather have Joel Ward. Louis Erickson goes from the Bruins to the Vancouver Canucks. Six years, $36 million. $6 million a year for Louis Erickson, dude. Well, you know, it, it was surprising to me how much he how little he did in Boston because he was a really really good player on Dallas and I thought 30 goals last year dude he had 30 goals yeah 30 goals last year yeah oh I missed that (laughs) exactly I missed it well I guess that's why you give him six million (laughs) dollars Louis Erickson's been another one of those under the radar kind of guys he's he's really quietly a good player I I, you know does it to go to Vancouver for him to go to Vancouver a team that is like has no direction yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is. Well, he can speak be Swedish. Miserable. I mean, I think that, that helps. He can speak Swedish miserable. with the Sedins. Him and the Sedins, Swedish. You know, they can play cards in Swedish. So forth. for what? For for what? Two more years? Yeah, why not? It's worth oh. it. Yeah. Now they need a fourth guy so they can play bridge. I don't know. Good to me, uh, Dan Yamus, a guy who I thought the Sharks might have targeted. They may have targeted him before they went after David Schlemko. We know Doug Wilson has liked this player for a while. He signs a two-year, three point seven five, so seven point five million dollar uh, total deal with Dallas, way higher than I would have liked him to, to sign for San Jose, and that's why maybe the Sharks backed off this player. Uh, Dallas get better with Hamhuis over Jason Demers. Oh wow! That's they lost Demers and. They've lost Goligoski. Uh, yeah, they lost Goligoski and Demers. Um, is Hamhuis better than Demers? It's kind of hard to say. It's kind of a wash. Different players, really. You know, Hamhuis isn't really like sort of an offensive guy the way Demers is. But um, I mean, I like him. But you're right that three point seven five is too much, especially since he really struggled uh, uh, in Vancouver. So that's that's really sort of a black mark against him. Um, Speaking of Jason Demers, I'm a little surprised how much like everybody is like super high on Jason Demers and how he's like the best defenseman available or something. I, are you surprised by this, or is, am I missing? Am I am I colored 
by by Jason Demers's history. Well, he's so good that he's unsigned. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 <laughs> of what's left. I mean, he's the best player left. Yeah. But that's not saying a lot when you look around and see what's left. Um, you know, Demers, I, I I think we've seen the good and the bad with Demers, and and he makes some really. He's like Christian Erhoff, dude. I mean, he makes some really bad plays. I don't think the Sharks were willing to tolerate that anymore mm-hmm. um, in a different way than a Roman Polak mistake. Right. You know, um, I think Polak made bad plays because he's playing outside of his limitations. I think Demers had the talent, has the talent to be better. Just a boba. Yeah. Yeah. How about, um, let's look at Mike Andrew Ladd. Going from Chicago to the New York Islanders, seven years, thirty-eight point five million. That's a good deal for the Islanders. You know, I've never been the biggest fan of Andrew Ladd as a player. Obviously, he's he was the captain in in, in Winnipeg, so he's clearly a, a good a good piece to add. You know, I don't really have that much more to say about him. I, I guess it's a good deal. Five point five isn't isn't an insane amount of hit, but seven years seems a little long. I don't know how old he is though, off the top of my head. I mean, they basically, you know, gave him an extra year than what they could have got, just kept Franz Nielsen for. Right. Although Nielsen is two years older, which I had never really thought about it like that. Yeah. Lad's been in the league for so long, um, so I think that's a a pretty pretty decent swap if yep. you're doing that. Although when you add up that they also lost Kyle Ocposo. Yep. Buffalo seven years forty two million. Yep. Um, if you're the Islanders, why don't you just keep Oposo? I don't think he wanted to stay. Didn't he? Didn't he request a trade or something? I thought I he wanted know. to go to Western Canada. So, I, so the Sabers move seems a little strange. But or maybe that was no, that was somebody else. That was Hamonic. I'm sorry, I'm getting him mixed up. But uh, yeah, I I don't th- the Islanders certainly didn't get better. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I think they got a good player in Lad, but adding Lad and losing Oposo and Nielsen, yeah, that, that's not a win for uh, for the New York Islanders. Not a win. And we talked about Lucic to Edmonton. That is just straight up asinine. Uh, we have Jamie McGinn, three years, ten million dollars, going to Arizona. Good for him. You know. How about? Um, well, let's talk about Oposo to Buffalo, dude. I like this move a lot for Buffalo, um, adding another young player to a team that's sort of looking to make a push, a 64-point forward, a guy who's very consistently been you know, a, a, a good scorer, playing with, with high-level talent, and now he just moves from playing with John Tavares to some other great players over in Buffalo. Yep. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a really, really good player, and he's a big, big kid. So he, I think, you know, and, and like you said, he's been a very consistent scorer and, and he's been leaned on as that, you know, the whole time he's been on the Island. It's not like he's been sheltered in any way. So he's been able to put up the numbers even without in certain years, without having any other uh, players on his own team to really take the pressure off. So, you know, he's definitely a good pickup. He's one of the, he's one of the best players to move today, but not quite as good as Alexandra Radulov, dude. Oh man. I mean, that. <laughs> Radulov to Montreal so funny. is just so funny and just further highlight how wacky things are. If you're a Canadians fan, 
It's not been a good week for you. No. It's, Dude. Why, why would you sign sign him? I mean, especially if the rumors that they didn't like P.K. Subban because of his character issues, then how could you possibly sign Radulov at that point? It makes no sense. Dude, if you're looking at the Sharks roster right now, I think we would both agree that backup goalie is of the, the most concern. Um, we have a clear number one goalie, but... The, the players that we have in our system with uh, Aaron Dell being re-signed today. I don't know if Aaron Dell and Troy Grosnick are ready to, to carry the pail as the backup for Martin Jones. And some of the better backups, Carter Hutton, Chad Johnson, uh, the guys with more experience, Al Montoya, and Jeff Zatkoff, who would have been an interesting guy uh, to target, they're all off the board which leaves the UFA market with Jonas Enroth, Michael Layton, Anders Lindback, who I, I may have a coronary if we <laughs> sign him, uh, and Ari Ramo, um, oh, Ari who Ramo. I may Jesus. also no. have a, a stroke if we sign him. Uh, the market of what's left is not good. Um, I'm wondering where ben the Sharks... Scrivens, go ben Scrivens, dude. Ben Scrivens. Ben Scrivens. Isn't he available? I don't think so. Oh. I have him I have him here. On the oh, you do? I'm looking at general fanager. He's he's listed as a UFA. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm mm, wrong. Not on ESPN, but uh you know huh. the sports network is not always correct. Let's see, Ben Scrivens. I don't know. I don't know. UFA? The unsigned UFA? Ben Scrivens? This is great radio. Ben Scrivens, <laughs> he, is a, he's, he is a UFA. Dude. Yeah, Ben Scrivens. Played well, in, uh, I think he played in, he played in Stockton or Bakersfield. He played in the ECHL. Oh, wait, no, that's, uh, no, that's the other tall guy. That's, uh, that's Devin Dubnik, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Ben Scrivens couldn't even, I mean, he played 15 games in the NHL last year, dude. I mean, 3.07 goals allowed and Ouch. Uh, ben Scrivens, he's been horrible, except for his his last three years in the NHL. He's been horrible. I, I, I would say no. I yeah. mean, I, I, but I don't know what the other options are, dude. I mean, uh, of what's left, I mean, Jonas Enroth would be the player that I might be the most interested in, but not, like, not real excited about that. Maybe there's some sort of other option out there that the Sharks are looking at, or maybe they're just going to go with uh, one of the guys they have, or maybe they really like the... Uh, the model goalie that they signed, the runway model, dude. Yeah, that'd be cool. They could, they could like read, uh, redo slap shot, you know, in that famous scene. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they might be throwing their their lot in with those guys. That's that's my gut feeling right now because there isn't really any bit anyone that's obviously a good fit, and clearly the Sharks didn't want to pay a lot of money for it, which I think is probably smart. Um, yeah, no, you. They weren't going to give Reimer that term and that money. I mean, that was that was never going to happen, and they never should have done it. I'm glad they didn't do it. Um, so far, Doug Wilson's had the answer to almost every problem. So hopefully, they've got a plan. I have no reason to believe that they don't. So uh, I don't know if the Sharks are done. They're probably done adding for the moment, but we may see a subtraction here soon, just in order to get them closer. 
not being right at the cap. I think they got three. Mil- I think I read that they had three million dollars left, and they well, are, have eleven. But that doesn't include no Nieto, no Demello. I mean, like right. That takes you all the way to the top, and then that also doesn't include Timo Meyer's salary if you're carrying him on the roster. So right, um, which I think you know, people seem to expect that he's he's going to make the team. You know, what I mean, very possible. So. We'll, we'll see, dude. It's exciting. It's a good day. I didn't think we were going to have this much to talk about. I'm I'm very excited about Mikel Bodger joining the team. I think it's exactly the type of player the Sharks needed to add, and they got him for a good price. So yeah. uh, I'm happy about that, dude. Yeah, me too. I I think uh, you know, and the Sharks are almost full up in terms of the roster. I mean, I think they have a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They have eleven forwards signed as of now, not including Nieto, and they have uh, you know seven defensemen, including uh, Mueller but not including um, Dylan DeMello. So it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's not like they can really only add one more player to the roster at this point to have them under the cap. So I'm not so sure that they're going to have a lot of cap trouble because they can put guys under, um, you know, the car. Well, you know, Carlson, only Don Scoy and Tierney right now would be able to be, have their salaries deferred if they go down to the minors. And of course, Mueller on D. So, I think maybe only one more player they can add, and if they're looking at Timo Meyer to be the guy, then I don't think they're going to add anybody. Well, I we'll think, see. I think I a mean, backup goalie the, the, is the I think only a subtraction thing. is possible. Like, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. That a subtraction is possible, and the names that you look at are Nieto, Wingles, and Marlow, and those are the three players that you know. You wonder if maybe they could get moved. I mean, I think another name you could throw in there, although I think he redeemed himself a little near the end is Melker Carlson. I mean, if he still has maybe some sort of, maybe he raised his stock a little bit at the end based on his performance near the end of the playoffs, filling in up high, uh, you know, maybe you can turn around and move him, but he's on such a, a good deal. I don't think you're looking to trade someone who's you're paying almost nothing. Right. And right. you keep his RFA rights. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the, the the guys that I think are on, on the endangered species list are Wingles, Marlowe, and Matt Nieto, possibly just because I, I don't know if we can really say we know what he is at this point. Like, who are you, Matt Nieto? Yeah, who, who are, are you? Who, who are, are you? All right, Good dude. times, dude. Fun, fun times. It's been a fun day for the Sharks. It's always uh, interesting to be... Uh, here on UFA Day, and it was good to talk to you, too. I know it's been a couple of weeks since our last podcast, but the, the draft was really kind of a, a snoozer, so I'm glad we were able to get together when some fireworks happened. Nice, dude. Happy 4th to you. Happy 4th, dude. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.